In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who directs our eyes to Jesus, who can save us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's that Sunday where we're taking a look at the sort of, well, background image to Luther's seal, where it's kind of like when when you look at Luther's seal, you go, well, I can see that there's several components in there. I can see that there is a cross. I can see that there's a heart. I can see that there is a rose. But then you kind of go, well, and of course it's on something because everything kind of has to be on something. And you don't figure that that thing, that field, that blue field, actually means anything. You just went, well, you know, Luther had to put it on something, and so he maybe liked the color blue, and that's how we got it. But when Luther was actually writing out uh, the meaning behind this symbol that became sort of this most enduring symbol of the Lutheran faith, he actually attributes some meaning to that blue field. And if you were here with us last week, it kind of connects up with the meaning of the white rose. So the white rose is supposed to be all about how we have joy in what Christ has done for us. How that when we are a Christian, we know that we can have joy even in the midst of pain and suffering because we know that Jesus has paid it all, that he has wiped us clean. And he said that that joy is supposed to be like a joy of the saints and angels. That's why it's a white rose. That it's supposed to be that joy that we have somehow strangely here on earth, because where it really belongs is in heaven with Jesus. But you and I have that joy early, on loan from heaven, if you will. And that fits into this blue field, because he says that that white rose should be set in a blue field, and the blue field is supposed to remind us to look heavenward. That it's the color of the sky. And because it's the color of the sky, that it's supposed to remind us that where that joy comes from is from God. That that joy is coming to us from God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit who loves us so much that He sent Jesus into our world. And so, if you're a good Christian... I guess that means that, uh, like a few of you, that means that uh, in a little more than a week, you should go out and you should watch this total eclipse of the sun and look skyward, right? Well, at least don't do that unless you have the special sunglasses that FSU will give you for free. Uh, You can talk to the folks in the union about that later. And I asked you this, the question this morning, where are you looking? You know, it's kind of interesting. The stuff that we see, but we don't really see. We've kind of got this running joke in our household right now of uh, that uh, things can be right in front of a certain member of our household. And that person will go in and say, where is this thing? Where is my water cup? Where is my puzzle? And it'll be right there. And we go, well, where, where are you looking? 
I'm looking here. Well, look some more. Well, sometimes I wonder if that's what God is telling us. Sometimes I wonder if we're going to God and we're saying, Hey, God, I need this thing, whatever this thing is. I need more peace in my life. I need more joy in my life. I need to know that you forgive me. I need to know that you love me. And God is going, Well, where are you looking? And we're going, Well, I'm looking here. And God says, Well, maybe keep on looking. Because I've given you all kinds of reasons to know that I'm here with you. I've given you my word. I've given you a community in which to be a part of that's gathered around word and sacrament. I have given you all of this great stuff. I've given even my Son and my Holy Spirit. And yet, so often we're crying out to God. I I can't see it. And usually that's happening because of the same thing that's happening in this gospel lesson that we have where Jesus is inviting Peter out onto the water with him. I am always kind of interested in in this story because uh, it, it stretches back to when I was a vicar, the, the campus ministry that at the place where I was at that other college town in Florida. The, the name of the campus ministry was Anti-Gravity Campus Ministries, and I remember getting there and going, why on earth is your campus ministry named Anti-Gravity Campus Ministries? Like, is there something magical that I don't know about that, you know, are you guys like practicing levitation at night? Because if so, you, we might want to talk about that. And they said, no, 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 no. It comes from Matthew 14. And I went, I'm pretty sure I've read Matthew 14 and I'm pretty sure I don't remember anything about anti-gravity. And they go, no, 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 no. What Jesus does is he takes Peter and he lifts him up. And that is anti-gravity. And I went, that's not really (laughs) anti-gravity. But I guess if we've got this name, we'll stick with it. They lost it later. (laughs) By that time, I kind of mourned them getting rid of the name. But you've got this story where Peter is invited to walk out on the water with Jesus. Which is a miraculous thing. It's something that you would think would grab all of your attention. If you were able to walk on water, I mean, just think, if you were actually able to do that, if Jesus said, appeared to you in a vision or in your bathroom in the morning, he's there having coffee with you and he says, hey, by the way, I want you to try this out today. Find a body of water. Walk on it. I promise you, today expires after today. Today, you'll actually be able to walk across the water. If you can actually do that, 
Don't you think you would be so enthralled with it that you would not stop looking at your feet? (laughs) That you would go, it's happening! (laughs) There's another one. You would be watching fish swim by. You would be thinking, where else can I go that I can use this power? Yeah, can it, does it work on a swimming pool as well as in a pond? Does it work in the ocean? Where, what all is going on? I would think that you would be totally and absolutely enthralled with the fact that you could walk on water. That you wouldn't be like Peter. Peter notices something else. The thing that Peter notices even is weird. If you read that passage over again, the thing that Peter sees is something you can't see. Peter sees the wind. Now, Peter was a pretty awesome guy, don't get me wrong, but I've never seen wind. But he gets distracted by it. How often is that our experience of what it means to follow Jesus? Brothers and sisters in Christ... I announced God's complete forgiveness to you just moments ago. That is miraculous. And it may not feel like it's walking on the water miraculous. It may not feel like it's feeding 5,000 miraculous. It may not feel like making a blind man see miraculous, but it's miraculous. And we should be looking at our feet. We should be going, there is something amazing that just happened here. I just got forgiven of all of that nasty stuff that I did this, this week. It's gone. All of the stuff that I've done my entire life, it's gone. We should be so enthralled with that that we don't notice anything else. But like Peter, we're looking at the wind. But God, what about that? What, What about that thing that's coming up? And God is saying to us, Concentrate on the fact that you're walking on water right now. Concentrate on what is making you walk on the water. Me. If I can make you walk on water, I can handle the wind. I can handle the waves. If I can forgive you of your sins, I can handle that relationship that's going wrong in your life. If I can forgive your sins, I can handle that feeling of dis-ease that you have right now. If I can forgive your sins, I can do anything that I want to. And don't you think that I would? So this week, when you get into those moments where you're looking at the wind... 
I would invite you to look at the sky. And remember that blue field. Remember from where that forgiveness comes. That it comes from Jesus. The one who made Peter walk on water. The one who forgave you of your sins. The one who loves you so much that he paid for your every sin on the cross. And tough things will come this week. There'll be at least one. And when they come, if you can't look at the sky, like I can't, I was trying to. There it is. (laughs) Then look at your feet. And remember, He made Peter walk on water. He forgave me of my sins. He can handle whatever this is. Amen.